So hello and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Enigma. And I've been looking forward to this one. In fact, I've been driving my next guest slightly mad to come back and be a guest for the second time. Now, you know that I'm passionate about human-centered leadership, and I don't know whether I've ever shared the seven components of human-centered leadership with you. Humility, vigilance, inclusivity, empathy, curiosity, personal purpose, and presence. But all of those seven components have got a heartbeat, and that heartbeat is dignity. Dignity and humanity. So I need someone who we've heard from before to come and tell us all about the role of dignity. What does it mean? How do we use it? How do we leverage it? And what happens if it's undermined for us in the workplace? So come back to me where we'll talk to the wonderful Tracy Groves. In a constantly changing world, today is as simple as it gets. You're listening to The Leadership Enigma, a podcast to explore, experiment, and power up your leadership to make the difference to your business, your people, and your success. Whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, or corporate executive, each week we dig deep into global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts, and disruptors. Now, here's your host, Adam Pacifico. Hi, and welcome to the Leadership Enigma. I'm getting a big thumbs up from my guest now, who is a big fan, a loyal supporter, and a great friend, and that is Tracy Groves. Tracy, hi. Hi, Adam. Now, Tracy has been a great guest on the Leadership Enigma already. Uh, She's the owner of Intelligent Ethics, really focusing on advising people around all elements of the ESG agenda. So that's really going to be my starting point, Tracy. Tell us a little bit about the ESG agenda. What is it and why has it become such an important focus for you? Yes, the alphabet soup of acronyms is, are becoming longer and longer, aren't they, Adam? ESG, environmental, social and governance issues. Um, I'm so passionate about corporate integrity. This is how it all started for me way back when in the dark ages. Yep. And for me, how we can help organizations, institutions, more importantly, leaders hardwire purpose into not just what they do, but why they do it and how they do it. And I do that by connecting and integrating the environmental, social and governance challenges that organizations face. And the organizations that you're working with, um, no need to name names, but you know, what kind of sectors or areas are you finding that you're now being pulled into? There's a multitude of sectors, actually, Adam, but what stands out is the type of leaders that are asking for this. These are leaders who are really seeing a future for their organisations in terms of value creation and long-term benefit to not just shareholders, but wider society as well. So there are those who are really enthusiastic about how do we ensure and maintain that we actually do what we say uh, and ask to be held to account. And there are those who are actually thinking about how do we differentiate ourselves uh, in a competitive market and a very challenging economic Uh, climate that we're now in and really attract the best talent and retain those individuals who seek a a greater good uh, and a much higher elevated purpose than just profitability. So for a while I've been saying that a differentiator I think going forward is is human-centered leadership but I know you've always uh, had a passionate view about that Uh, and then 
a few weeks ago we chatted about dignity and you were telling me about how dignity and humanity almost are are wrapped together and so I, I wanted us to really focus on defining dignity can you help us with really understanding what is it what does dignity mean in the context of leaders and leadership Dignity is defined in the words of Donna Hicks, who's done a lot of work on this through her work on on global conflict and negotiations around the world, as our sense of inherent value and worth. So dignity, as you quite rightly say, is a hallmark of our shared humanity. We all have it. We are born with it. We are all worthy of dignity. So actually, when I ask people, what do you think dignity is? If I was to turn the question back to you, nine times out of 10, people would come back and they'd use the words such as respect or trust. And actually, dignity is quite different to that. Dignity is something which you don't earn, uh, which is not something which is you gain through your behavior. It's inherent within us. So a baby is born with dignity. And one of the common things that I find with dignity that really resonates, resonates with everybody is the fact that when we honor not just your dignity, but my dignity, that's when we create this connection and sense of human connectivity, which far surpasses any level of respect and trust. So I'm seeing some elements of inclusivity here as well, because you're saying if we don't earn it, but we're born with it, that's for everybody regardless then. Yeah. yeah. And our vulnerability, Adam, is that we all could lose it. <laughs> it's in our gift to, uh, to allow it to be taken away and violated. Uh, and in that sense, that's what makes... I think dignity is so precious, but from an organisational perspective, so valuable. You know, it's such a, an asset that we can really work towards and nurture for a common purpose. Now, I definitely want to come back to that because I remember when we first chatted about this and you said your dignity can be violated or it can almost be taken away from you. Mm. That's when I started to think that I'm not really sure I quite understand what dignity means. In, in this context. So let's start with giving a little bit more, more context or let's go a little bit yep. deeper now about what are the elements that make up dignity? Well, there are 10 elements of dignity that right. have been identified. And actually, you'll recognise some of these, Adam, through your work on human-centred leadership. And there, there are things in here which you and I work on every day with leaders. Okay. But what the 10 elements do is they come together into a coherent platform where we can have a respectful and healthy debate about our dignity. So the first one is acceptance of identity, right. where right. people are, you know, are neither inferior or superior there is no such thing as hierarchy when it comes to dignity whether you're the chief executive uh, the cleaner the canteen worker the warehouse manager we all have the same level of dignity and then the assumption is that we all have integrity underpinning that so acceptance of identity is so key secondly recognition so valuing people for their talents and their efforts and their ideas and contribution so getting credit where it's due okay Thirdly, acknowledgement. So this is where active listening comes in. So actually not only seeking others' opinions, but then responding to them and validating them. Fourth, inclusion. So you mentioned that word already. So making people feel that they belong, this sense of connection and belonging at all levels of relationships, whether it's in a community, a family or an organisation as well. Then safety. 
so important here, not just the physical safety, but the psychological safety where people feel free of concern uh, and, and actually they can feel free to speak up without any fear of retribution fairness or equity so treating people justly um, and in an even-handed way um, and according to our laws uh, and rules that we have Mm -hmm. and then independence as well so empowering people to act on their own behalf so i matter you know i am valued i have an independent voice that i can use and be listened to and then the last three are understanding believing that what others think actually matters. So seeking understanding and and perspective, giving people the benefit of the doubt. So treating people as trustworthy. So not actually seeking uh, judgment or ill ill respect in that way. And then finally, accountability. So taking responsibilities for your actions. And that includes, Adam, violating not only your own dignity, but other people's as well. So there are 10 elements there acceptance, recognition, inclusion, safety, etc. some of which I know you'll recognise and be very familiar with. But what's so different about this now is our ability to tie all those together and create a what I call a vocabulary or a common language, which we can then start to have, a, you know, a dialogue, a debate, a conversation about dignity in the workplace. There are. I was very quiet as you were going through those 10 deliberately and I was making some notes because so many of those resonate. But now they're being put together in order to start to talk about dignity, which is almost the, it's the essence of a person. It sounds like mm. almost the DNA of a person. And if you are born with dignity and you can be taken away. Oh, interesting point you made as well, that you can actually violate your own dignity. Something I'd like to come back to. Uh, as well. Mm. This is important stuff. So there's an element here of, as a leader, I've got to be aware of myself, my own dignity, and I've got to be super aware of other people. So there's an emotional mm. intelligence aspect there. So how easy is it to honour dignity, my own and others? And if not, why not? <laughs> It's a great question. And you know what? If it were easy, we wouldn't be having this conversation, <laughs> to be I, honest with you. I always say uh, I, I, I love this episode all the time because when I'm not talking, I'm learning. So help me. The biggest motivation uh, the research tells us of, and I know this from practical experience as well, of, of when I have observed and felt my dignity uh, being violated and or others being violated is fear of looking bad. Right. So our greatest motivation for allowing our dignity or allowing someone else's dignity to be violated is the fact that we do not want to lose face. It's inherent within us as human beings to protect ourselves. So we all know about the, you know, the fear and flight syndrome, which kicks in the self-preservation, the biological hardwiring, which we have to survive. And the survival mechanism says, I do not want to look bad. So you will, therefore, for example, take credit for someone else's work uh, when you shouldn't. That's a violation of their dignity because you've overstepped and you've taken claim for all the effort that you've done. You may not speak to certain people in your team uh, because you feel that they don't look or sound like you. You'll always go to people who you know that they come from the same background. They'll do some brilliant work. So therefore you won't speak. You won't, you know, the lack of inclusion in your approach will mean that you are violating that person who you don't repeatedly ask. And it's because you're looking to protect yourself. 
Um, that doesn't make me a bad person. What it does, it makes me a human being. <laughs> With all of our and foibles. As leaders, yeah. And as leaders, we are, thankfully, ha- and, and humans, we have the capability of overcoming that as long as we seek greater, and I use this phrase repeatedly, dignity consciousness. So this is an alertness and a vigilance about not just my own dignity, but of others around me. How conscious are you of their dignity? Do you think there's something just in the mere fact of having this conversation and calling out dignity to the level that we are and the 10 ingredients, components that make up dignity, just this very start of a conversation brings the whole issue to the forefront of people's thinking because i just wonder how many people think dignity oh i know what that means as opposed to hang on do i do i i i think there is a extreme uh, amount of ignorance about dignity which is incredible when you when we, we started off this conversation 10 minutes ago about it being the hallmark of our humanity it's something which is you know so part of the, the very essence of us yet i don't think and it goes back to my point we are not conscious about how fragile it is and how much harm we do when we hurt our dignity and you just reminded me um actually uh, adam about the, the the social trauma or social pain that's inflicted on us when I violate your dignity. So the neuroscientists tell us mm-hmm. that when I harm you by violating your dignity, by showing a lack of inclusion, a lack of acceptance, by making you feel unsafe, by not giving you the benefit of the doubt, your brain triggers that in the same way as when you are physically hurt. No distinction. No distinction. So it's the wow. same pain that you feel as breaking an arm. I think if people knew so, that, they might think twice yeah. about some of their behaviours, right? Yeah. So, so Donna tells a lovely story, actually. I was on a, a, a session with her last week where she talked about um, the fact that if this is, dignity is not a nice to have. You know, it's not something that people, their chief exec can say, oh, wouldn't it be nice to do some dignity cafes, Tracy, and right. go and have some conversations about it? Actually, do you know what? If you don't do this... The, the, the trauma, the wounds that people are carrying within your organization are going to suppress innovation. They're going to stifle growth. It's going to, you know, really limit your ability to, um, to nurture that talent and to create a sense of belonging and purpose. So it's actually so critical. It's a, it's a business critical area. It's not a nice to have. So when did this penny drop for you? I think when I related to when I've had my own dignity violated, that's when I really recognized the pain that I still carried within me from that incidence, you know, and there's been a number of, okay, over the last, you know, 20 odd years of my career, absolutely. There have been times when I have felt I've not been able to speak up. I've not been recognized. I felt excluded. And actually when I was asked to describe a time, you know, the physiological response you get when you tell the story of when you have felt overlooked or not recognized and rewarded, that's when I realized that actually this is way beyond trust uh, and respect and actually I was 
seeking. I was really looking for something that was going to elevate the conversation and take us beyond trust in the workplace because I, I genuinely felt that organisations, we, we needed something new. We needed to, to energise the conversation and to take it to a level which was non-hierarchical, non-status driven and something which all of us had so much vulnerability around that we could all buy into it no matter where you came from. Now a lot has been said about leaders being vulnerable and if we go back to perhaps when we were starting out in our careers, you in an, in an accountancy career, me in a legal career, perhaps vulnerability was something to be avoided almost at all <laughs> costs. Uh, now in 2021, vulnerability is spoken about as something that should be part and parcel uh, of a, a leader's toolkit. But what's the role of vulnerability in leading with dignity? The role of it, Adam, is that we, are, we all have equal amounts of it. <laughs> So you don't have a choice about being vulnerable or not. You are vulnerable. (laughs) And that's the key thing when it comes to dignity, because it's down to ourselves to take ownership for not only our own dignity, but that of others through greater consciousness and awareness. We all have the ability to increase our resilience and, you know, mitigate the risk of us being vulnerable. So there's an equality about it, which I think uh, for me is very different. And where I've seen and where where people lose sight of other people's vulnerability on their dignity, you can justify any degree of pain and hurt that you inflict on others. So when you lose sight of the, the impact of what you do and how you do it, and people's vulnerability to that, then your ability to cause genuine harm is unlimited. But let's come back to what are some of the consequences of dignity violations? You touched upon it earlier, but if leaders and organisations don't get this right, and there are mm-hmm. dignity violations that you're creating either to yourself or to other people around you, what are the consequences? The very explicit consequences, Adam, is an organization or, a, or a, an atmosphere of fear. So self-preservation becomes the number one priority. And right. so people will do anything to protect themselves. So the lack of being able to be conscious of other people, to be inclusive, to be generous in not just what you do, but how you're doing it is, ta- is taken away from you. So we become frozen in our own self-preservation and protection and as a consequence of that we become very narrow we become very insular we become very tactical um and and actually what i'm describing is i'm hearing myself talk to this you know i'm I'm not describing a human being i've lost my humanity i've lost my ability to build relationships which are you know connected through our, our ability to be empathetic with each other and to relate to each other and that goes Right. That goes because people are anxious, they're fearful, they're nervous. Um, and actually, because they are uh, so vulnerable in that respect, then why would they want to question or challenge or or actually be themselves in their in their entirety? And these are the capabilities, aren't they, Tracy, that can never be replaced by a machine? <laughs> Please tell me they can't. No, I Please hope they me. can't because in some ways I, I hope people are listening to this thinking, well, that's how we future-proof ourselves. People are very worried about automation and how many jobs might be lost. This is the element of humanity that can't be replaced. Am I right? Spot on in my book. You have my vote for that one. I hope so. Someone from one of the tech companies now will probably ring me up and say, well, it's funny you should say that, Adam. Um, but can you share some examples of where you've used the dignity model with leaders of a business and 
its power when dealing with conflict and unfairness? Mm. Mm. Do you know what? Where it's landing really powerfully is within the inclusion and belonging piece. Okay, tell me more. Um, uh, it's this sense of equality, this sense of actually all of us deserve the ability to be valued, to be listened to, to be accepted, to be recognised. And actually in the wake of the Black Lives Matter and right. continuing since then, actually, in terms of, you know, the, the race conversation, dignity has really opened the door for everybody, no matter what race or creed, to be able to have a respectful conversation about the impact of racism. Um, and it's so interesting because I don't know why it is, but dignity gives people permission <laughs> using that word is because it's actually about emotional awareness and about being able to describe the impact that you you're having on me through the way that you're talking to me treating me or not talking to me as the case may be dignity is gives us the tools it gives us a framework to talk about it so what i've seen happening really well are things such as elevating dignity so from the bottom up you know having conversations and dialogues about this is what black lives matter had this is the impact it had on me so one of the elements i talked to you about was acknowledgement mm -hmm. really key we have to take the time to acknowledge when we've had our dignity violated and you know and take accountability for it so i saw some really um, very brave and very empathetic chief executives coming forward last summer, you know, and talking about their sense of being very humble, shall I say, in terms of what they would needed to do in response to the Black Lives Matter, what they were already doing, what more they needed to do. And that acknowledgement was the first step in the healing process of recognising that everyone's dignity had been violated, no matter what colour you are. The sense that we allowed each other as humans to do that to each other really brought that in. So the inclusion agenda, I think, has, has really, because actually at the end of the day, that's what that boils down to, the sense of disconnection, the sense of exclusion, the sense of not being valued because of where I come from, what I look like, what I sound like, whatever that might be in terms of our characteristics, it's being really powerfully used. Um, and, and, and actually within coaching as well, I've seen it being applied and integrated into coaching models. I wonder if there's an irony there, isn't there, with the discrimination that we saw um, loud and clear, really, last year, uh, actually led to a conversation about dignity, which is all about yeah. inclusivity. So I don't know, is, is there an irony there? Well, yeah. It, it's, it's strange. I think, that, it? I think you've just pointed out the whole paradox of this. You know, it's staring us in the face. But I think because we don't have the consciousness of dignity is only when we actually explicitly start to use a language about fairness and acceptance and safety and benefit of the doubt we suddenly think oh that's what you mean by dignity and that's what we and that's how being a human-centered leader is actually all about it's about how we can apply these not only to the people around us but to ourselves as well because when we honor other people's dignity we nourish ourselves and the sense of thriving becomes communal you know you, you've just used a phrase there which I've written down because I think it's hit a nail on the head because as I've been listening to you in some ways I'm, I'm reflecting and thinking why do I not know or why have I not thought about this more mm -hmm. and actually you just used a phrase we said it's the consciousness of dignity yeah. and I yeah. don't think I've been conscious of mm -hmm. this level of dignity so I'm, I'm am I an outlier or is that the majority <laughs> of people that you're coming across 
my experience is, Adam, you are not alone. It, the vast majority of us, it's just not there. It's not in our consciousness. Um, right. And actually, there's, and you, know, you, you, talk, you talk about the light bulb moment earlier on in our conversation. It is that. It's that ability to suddenly be so much more alert to it. And now when I'm watching things on TV, when I'm having conversations with my clients or my colleagues, you know, I'll say, sorry, that, you know, and we'll start to have a conversation. It gives us permission to have a, a, a reciprocal two-way conversation about how we're both thinking. And actually, it, it, some overlap, I think, with the work by Susan David on emotional agility, you know, the way she talks about actually it's not just suppressing how we're feeling and what we're feeling, it's actually walking towards it. And, and it's how we tr- choose to respond to it is what's going to make us the, the most effective leaders. So as people are listening to this, I was going to ask a question in relation to top tips for those who are striving to lead with dignity and be more human centered. Mm. I'm going to go backwards to go forwards because if people haven't been conscious about dignity, they've got to do something about that before they can strive to lead with dignity. I think. So my, my ask of you is how can people start the process in order to move into a space of being conscious and then behaving in a way that is congruent with leading with dignity? The first step, Adam, would be to think back to a time when you have had your dignity violated. Right. So think back to a time, and there will be plenty of them, um, of when you have not been recognised or accepted, you've been unfairly treated, um, you've uh, not been given the benefit of the doubt and someone has assumed you are guilty Mm. of something, um, especially when you've been a naughty kid, as as I know you can be sometimes. (laughs) I'm saying nothing. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Think back to how that made you feel and the the consequences of that in terms of your behaviour and how you treat others. So that has been my experience when I've gone through a process with leaders and, and anyone, you know, people who we work with, we connect with, our family, our wider networks, being able to connect with that yourself, then being able to connect how that has impacted other people when you have violated their dignity unintendedly, you know, this couldn't, but this may be something that you haven't really realized. And so that the second level of connection. And then thirdly, if we were able to then think about how we could honor the dignity of not just ourselves, but the environment within which we operate in, wouldn't the world be a better place? Because actually, when you think about what we're doing through climate change, through wastage, through all the, the environmental climate damage that's we're doing that it's because we are violating the dignity of the world we are living in we are not respecting we are not valuing the worth the worthiness of you know the the bio the biosystems and everything else that we uh, we exist in so it can all be used in this way and articulated and in a very i think accessible and non-judgmental way so this is one of those episodes where i'm going to go away and think i really need to do some a work on myself and, and b to i suppose this is one of those episodes where i'm going to actually apologize and say i can't do this subject justice in the 30 to 40 minutes that you and i are spending together so i want people to know how can they contact you to continue the conversation to learn more to be part of the debate how do they get hold of you how do you become part of a dignity conscious world yes that's a much better question 
I am constantly questioning myself about how I can be more digitally consciousness. So please contact me. Yes. Uh, so my website is www.intelligentethics.com. You can contact me um, via that directly via the website. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, obviously. So easy way to contact me there or via you, Adam. We work together all the time. So what better way to have a great conversation? No, I agree. And I hope we do that. I mean, I- I'm going to keep asking you to come onto the podcast for obvious reasons you'll be sick of me soon but this has you know this started we arranged this particular episode because you and I were continuing to have the conversation about human-centered leadership and then Mm. you spoke about how dignity was very much at the heart of humanity which I have uh, almost at the heart of the seven components of human-centered leadership so I think this is a conversation that it would be nice to continue to have and also, I'd like to have you back maybe to talk about your own reflections as you now become more conscious about dignity and you're mm. working with leaders and organisations in relation to dignity. I think without mentioning any names, it would be great to have you come back and say, what are you noticing? What is yeah. the change that's needed? Or are, we, are you managing to turn the dial in some way? And so would you come back and share that with us at some point? I'd love to, Adam. Absolutely. And the timing couldn't be better as we, you know, navigate our way out of a a global crisis where we are looking for a a greater sense of purpose uh, and and a sense of worthiness. For me, we have our answer. It's at the heart of dignity. But the critical thing is, how do we embed it in our consciousness so we can use it for the greater good? So we'd love to come back and share that with you. I appreciate it. And as you say, this isn't a nice to have. This is a must have for leaders so please 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 do get in touch with tracy or myself and be part of the conversation tracy you're a superstar thank you so much for putting up with me again and coming back onto the leadership enigma i love it adam second time round was even better oh you say <laughs> all the best things join us again next week for more essential insights on the leadership enigma we'd love to hear your comments on today's show as well as suggestions for future topics and guests Get in touch with your host on LinkedIn or via our website, www.pca-global.com. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening.